Welcome back to the Change Your Filter podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tall Paul. First up, we have a little housekeeping. I hope to see some of you this week at Service World Expo in Tampa. We're headed there right now, actually. Stop by the booth and mention the Change Your Filter podcast, and we will drop ship you a swag box right on the spot, showing you the power of e-commerce and thanking you for showing us the love. A little more housekeeping. We are hiring. We're looking for seasoned account executives, account managers, business development managers. Contractor Commerce is expanding coast to coast, and we want a world-class team to serve our customers. So please reach out to me personally if you know someone who would be a great fit, or if you're thinking about making the leap. On today's episode, we're going to do something a little different, but kind of the same. Many of you reach out to me to learn more about what we're doing at Change Your Filter and Contractor Commerce, and this episode is a special opportunity to hear my worldview for lack of a better term, and where I see the industry going and why we are all in on e-commerce for contractors at Contractor Commerce. This interview originally aired on the Beyond the Tools podcast with host Crystal Hobbs of Reflective Marketing. Reflective Marketing has helped hundreds of businesses get more leads through social media since opening in 2014. So please enjoy this conversation with my newfound friend. You'll get that shortly. Crystal Hobbs, and be sure to check out her at reflectivemarketing.com. thrilled to have Paul Redman, the VP of Sales at Contractor Commerce here on Beyond the Tools. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you. Woo! <laughs> so before we get into it, I gotta ask, where does the nickname Tall Paul come from? It's so interesting. No one has ever asked me that today. was always a little tall growing up, like a little taller than my peers. And then in seventh grade, I was six, seven out of nowhere. Now I have a seventh grader and I can't even imagine her having a peer that's six, seven. So I have a twin brother. And I think if my name was Ryan, it might still be tall Ryan. I don't know. <laughs> but it happens to be that my most distinguishable characteristic rhymes with my name. And so it was tall Paul. It was tall Paul for a really long time. And, you know, it kind of like wore off a little bit in high school. And then in college, it peaked right back up and then it kind of wore off. And then my first day at my real job and my first day in the industry, the HVAC industry, I was at a conference, like an annual sales meeting or whatever. And I'm at the bar after the meeting and and no one knows me at this point, except for kind of my boss or whoever hired me or whatever. And he introduced me as Tall Paul and it has just stuck since then. And it's not going anywhere. It's going to be around a while. Maybe if I met you in person, the answer would be a lot more obvious. Very but. clear, awkwardly tall, goofy, gangly. Yeah, it's a thing. But it's, uh, yeah, it's nice. I, it was, I don't want to say it was ever annoying, but I kind of just like rolled my eyes at it forever. But, you know, you get out in the working world and you're like, gosh, I'm at this conference with 2000 people and uh, I can see everyone. And two, like people will remember my name. So yeah. that's, I don't know, that's kind of helpful, kind of nice. <laughs> It. So I know we know about your background and how you got here and your bio and all that good stuff. But what really got you into the trades? Like what made you passionate about this industry? Um, you know, I went to what in the States here we call college in Newfoundland, they call university. And there's a big difference there. Um, so I went to college and didn't really have a clear path of what I was going to do. I just knew that I had to at least, you know, in my mind, I at least had to have a college degree to be able to get the seat at the table in the corporate world. I always knew I wanted to be in business. I always knew I wanted, I didn't necessarily know I wanted to be in sales, but I knew I wanted to be in business. I just, I liked business from a very young age and it um, very much felt like a sport to me. And it's been like my hobby and interest ever since. Well, 
Anyways, I had a really tough time getting a job out of college and a company gave me a shot, company Lennox International, which is, you know, a big player down here, I guess up there as well, probably more so like by a percentage of actual market share in Canada than here. But anyways, um, they gave me a shot and I was young and hungry and my wife and I had a young child and I had to get to work and I had to get serious about it. And so I knew I had to give it everything I had and um, I just kind of went all in on it. And, you know, one year turned into two, turned into three, turned into you know, finding my niche, I guess, in the space around things like digital and online and, you know, eventually e-commerce and marketing. And, you know, promotion led to a couple moves and then a couple other moves. And then next thing you know, I'm 10 years into this thing. And at that point where I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I know. It's not all I know, but it's like a lot of what I know. And so I just made a decision, you know, about that 10 year mark. I'm like, I'm just going to go deeper. But I knew at that point, like I had moved four times, I knew I was done doing the uh, the corporate world route, but that's the only path I really knew. I just knew like, do a really good job, be a really good person, get a promotion, make more money, buy a bigger house, like provide better for your family and just keep climbing the ladder. And it was about that time, about the 10 year mark, I started listening to a lot of entrepreneurs on different podcasts. I was driving around a lot. I've told this story a lot of times, but I was listening to, I think it was Matt Mullenweg, founder of WordPress and some other folks. And I just started to, as cliche as this sounds, I started to really just understand the idea that like anyone can do it. Anyone can, you know, take an idea to make a company and scale the company and grow the company and, you know, have the lifestyles you want to live without, you know, compromising trade off. So that was a long answer. I have no idea how I got in this industry. <laughs> no, that's amazing. And I think it's interesting that, you know, it's conscious choice of going deeper into this industry. So given all of the experience that you have here, what do you see as the future for this industry? Because I know that we're seeing more and more homeowners go online and have this yeah. expectation of companies serving them online as well. So what do you think the future holds for the industry? I There's a lot of different directions we can take this, but I think back to when I first started in the industry and I had really, really fresh eyes and I was trying to learn like all the equipment that the manufacturer sold. And then I had to, you know, work with the contractors or the dealers to understand like how they were merchandising and how they were selling. And at this point, my customers didn't have websites. This was pre iPhone. And I mean, I, I don't want to say they didn't have websites, but they might have like, they might be listed on directories. They might have, you know, a website they whipped up because they were a carrier or Bryant dealer for six months or whatever. Like they just didn't have like a dominant online presence. And I remember initially just seeing this massive gap on the consumer side of like just merchandising, like, Okay, these manufacturers, they make all this stuff and they sell it to these contractors, but then the contractors go into the home and they only present select things like what are they presenting? Why are they presenting? What what are they choosing to present? Like what options does the customer understand they have anyway? And anyway, and that that kind of, you know, framed this thought that there's a massive gap between what consumers expect and want and like their buying process and the entire selling process from marketing and manufacturing down to distributing to selling the content. It was just a mess. And I've, I've just seen a lot of opportunity there. And so um, over the years, as like, I mean, we're talking about like when I started in the industry, you know, pre-iPhone and, you know, certainly not pre-social media, but like early Facebook days, a lot changed. Like consumers like you and I, we buy things online. I'm looking at my desk here and almost everything that is on my desk. I purchased online at some point. Now I'm buying very small things online, like a bottle of shampoo or whatever it is. Like I found a more convenient way to get it at a great price and get it online. 
And so if you really zoom out and you think about just consumers in general, like they want to buy everything online, they want to consume as much information as they can online. Yes, they want to read reviews and yes, they want to go to your website, but they want to go as far down the buying process as they can without having to engage with another person. But here's the challenge. The industry doesn't operate like that. Like the way the industry has been wired and has been wired for a really long time is that the best possible scenario is that a consumer invites you into their home, you sit down at their kitchen table, you tell your story, you uncover their needs, you recommend a solution. And I I think that that is good and that is always going to be the best case scenario, but the consumer market doesn't operate on what's most convenient and best case scenario for businesses. It operates the opposite, what's best and most convenient for the consumer. So there's this this middle ground that needs to be found in the industry. And that's what we're doing at Contractor Commerce is helping contractors kind of find that middle ground, take what they sell, what they do, what they offer and meet the consumer where they are on their couch, not the kitchen table. So, Yeah. And I know I even had a client this week, you know, we run their lead generation ad. So we see all the texts and stuff that come in. And they had somebody who texted them with like a link to Amazon. They were like, I'm going to buy this system. And yes, we're hearing that more and more. So at the same time, I think for a lot of contractors, like it's intimidating thinking about putting all of that out there and what they do. And and there's a lot of misconceptions there. So what do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions or challenges that a lot of contractors have when it comes to selling HVAC online, for example. I think one of the biggest, I don't know if the challenge or barrier, but like one of the misconceptions that needs to be really understood by contractors is that consumers are not bad people for doing that. So I see these threads all the time where they're like, this consumer sent me a screenshot or this homeowner sent me a screenshot of this on Amazon or this on Lowe's or this on Costco and they asked me how much for the install. And like, you know, they go on this tirade of like, why that Consumers, not their type of customer anyway, and, and all of that. Why? But if you think about it from the consumer perspective, it's a very honest request. Like they hop online, they want to know how much something costs, which is a normal, you know, thing to to want to know. And you type in, you know, average HVAC replacement installation Newfoundland, and you see a cdirect.com, HVACdirect.com, Lowe's, Costco, Home Depot. Is there a Costco in Newfoundland? Yeah. Okay. Wow. It's a developed, I gotta, we gotta learn more about that. So they blame it on the consumer. Like the consumer is some like misguided, you know, uninformed, you know, ill intent consumer when really they're just following that's how you buy things. And the, the misconception is that contractors can't do anything about it. So when contractors hear e-commerce, and this is why I've lost friends in this business. This is why I, I have fewer friends now than I've had when I was working in a, you know, working in a marketing agency, working in manufacturing. They hear e-commerce and they automatically think of this barrier. They think that like selling online means I'm not selling into home and selling online means I am now just the, you know, the cheap labor, right? When that's not at all what the opportunity is with someone like Contractor Commerce. The idea is you take control of online. So for your customer who got that text message, I'm pointing, I'm being rude. I'm pointing at my screen, which is effectively (laughs) pointing at myself in the forehead. When you get that text message, so your contractor gets that text message, they're like, oh, you found it on Amazon? Great. You can buy it on our website as well. It costs a little bit more, but we're going to deliver it same day. It's going to be professionally installed and we're going to do this, 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 and that. And we don't install things that come from Amazon. But the idea from the consumer perspective is, oh, I can buy it on Amazon. It comes with nothing. Or I can buy it locally and have it locally delivered and sourced and installed and blah, 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 all of this. 
this it's the same thing. It's just what that what your customer probably said was was like, no, we don't we don't do installations of things on Amazon. They should have said, oh, we you can buy it off our website as well. Yeah, and it comes with installation, and that's why the price is a little bit higher. Anyhow, there's a a massive shift in consumer behavior. There's not a massive shift on the contractor side, so um, that tension point is going to create opportunity for online resellers, e-commerce companies that you know aren't contractors. That's how every other market happened. I mean, you can imagine the first time someone with in New York City with a, a cab driver medallion, whatever, is sitting on the corner talking to another cab driver and is like. There's this app and they're going to let anyone pick someone up in a, a Ford Taurus that's not a professional driver. That's not this. It's not that. Like, that's absurd. Look at that industry. And I don't, I hate that everyone always rushes to make like the Netflix blockbuster Uber taxi references, but like, that's real. Yeah. That is real. So I don't know if that answers that question. Yeah, absolutely. And I know. A lot of our listeners, I, I would say they are ahead of the curve if they're already listening to yeah. podcasts and they're looking to evolve. But I know from my own experience, when I started getting involved in the industry and my local home builders association, I remember going through the member list and a lot of them didn't have emails. Yes. And now I'm finding that even our clients, it's like a big deal to have online booking for a quote. Mm -hmm. So I guess I am curious, you know, thinking in the mindset of some of our clients, like, is online booking enough? Doesn't that satisfy the same thing? In many ways, yes. I mean, the, to think that, like, I think of my friends over at Schedule Engine, now Service Titan, and they offer online booking. And there's, I think there's some others, but like, that is a minimum expectation. Like a consumer, when they can book online on your website, they're not, and I don't, I mean this respectfully, they're not like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. They're like, yeah, this is how the world's supposed to work. So it's meeting a demand that's already there, right? That's a minimum. I mean, every single contractor listening to this should allow their customer to be able to book an appointment on their website and then figure out how operationally to work around that. With our model, it's actually a little bit step further. Our idea is we want the customer. So well, let me give you a scenario. So you're a homeowner in Newfoundland. If you're a consumer and you are, you got to know you what you have to know, like, oh my gosh, I know my air. I just had someone out here and they said they're going to send a comfort consultant out tomorrow. But between now and then, is this going to cost me 5,000? Is this going to cost me 25,000? What kind of opportunities are there? Um, they hop online and they're going to find a great local contractor. They land on their website and they have two options, sometimes three. Option number one, call the call tracking number. That's option one. That's the most common use case. That is the industry standard. All marketing, most marketing is wrapped around all of these top of funnel things to get someone on the website or to get them on the Google My Business profile to call the call tracking number, right? That's where the process starts. Option two is the customer doesn't want to make a phone call, which means they're a normal human being like everyone else. And they fill out a contact form. And a contact form is... It is a roll of the dice. You may or may not get a response. You may or may not like, but in your mind, your your barrier, the expectation is low. Like when you fill out a contact form, like you just hope someone will reach out. You certainly don't wait. So then you go back to Google and you find someone else, and you go back to Google, and then you at this point now you get on social media and you're getting bombarded with ads because you've now searched for these things. Buy an air conditioner at Lowe's. Buy an air whatever, whatever the you know ad is. I mean, you get flooded with those, and so it completely disrupts this entire buying cycle. Our model is: Hey, if you get that traffic, if you have that user who has intent to do business in the industry that you serve, like don't 
give them no reason to get off the website. Answer their questions. Get them further down. Give them a quote, just a ballpark. You don't have to use all the disclaimers in the world, um, but let them at least go, oh, okay, well, it's either seven grand or 14 grand, and neither of those options make sense. So I'm going to book an appointment and see if they can come out here and tell me what I actually need. But at this point, the consumer's price condition, their price condition, like no one goes to a car lot. The car industry is, and you you heard this probably a little bit in the Ryan Shoot episode, um, the car industry has primed consumers for this. Like you don't show up at a car dealership and be like, I had no idea that that brand new BMW cost 90,000. I thought it was 13,000. I've never bought a BMW. I've never searched for BMW. Consumers do this all the time. So the the car industry has been brilliant at this. They have an online selling department where they convert those leads to a real person when they come in. It's still the best case scenario if you go in and you sit in a dealership and you buy a car from a salesperson. But they're not going to make that the only way that you can get a price or a quote or features, benefits of whatever a BMW. They're going to do business the way that consumers, buyers want to do business. I'm not even sure if I answered the question. Yeah, I think you did. I am curious, though. I do want to dig into that a little bit more. Like, What's some of the strategy behind the price that the customer gets with your yeah. system? So the first... And, and this is something we have to overcome every day with our, our operations, you know, sales and success team here. The first bit of advice that we give contractors is do not take your entire retail price book and just throw those numbers online. They automatically think that that's what they're doing, that they're taking whatever, wherever they have their pricings, you know, save today, they're just going to be exposing it. So they feel exposed. I think what you do, and this is, you know, my hypothesis based on how my highest performing customers are, is you have an online sales strategy where you take a look at, you know, let, let's say a, a price book for a contractor could have 600 different combinations and permutations of tonnages and size, good, better, best, and variable and non-variable to say, like there's tons and tons and tons. It's just overwhelming to a customer. I think you distill it to as many, as few categories as possible. And one of the more basic ways we do that is we say, okay, let's take small, medium, and large. So we're going to take all your tonnages and we're going to, we're going to group them in three and we're going to give the pricing a band instead of it being like, a two-ton cost X amount. It's going to be a two and two and a half ton cost between this and this. So on one side of the table, you've got size and on the other, you've got good, better, best, right? So three different sizes, three or four different levels, and you put the pricing in buckets. That way you have a little bit of latitude when you go into the home, because what you're telling the customer is like, Hey, this is not an exact quote. There's some there's things we have to learn about your house. A site visit is absolutely required. You would never want to buy an air conditioner without having a professional assess the situation. We believe that best to be for the contractor and best for the consumer. So this will sound counterintuitive because I've just been saying like how important it is to answer all the questions a consumer has so you don't lose them. You want to answer questions, but you want to leave them with a couple more questions. So can I afford this? How much is a monthly payment? Are there multiple options? But then also you want them to look at it and say, I have more questions. I want to know why this one's 15,000 and why that one's 11,000. Because if I don't need the stuff that's in the 15,000, I can do the 11,000. Or are there things that are in the $15,000 system that I can get like a discount on? Like those are normal consumer buying behaviors that are already baked into the conscious. When you make a consumer do business the way you want to do business, you're disrupting that whole pattern and you're leaving them like unable to make a decision. They're like, you're at my house, sitting at my kitchen table, you're on my turf. This is intimidating. I really want to look this stuff up, but I can't. And you're telling me that it's just a it's a very archaic way of doing business. And I can imagine for some of our listeners hearing this, like, yes, this makes a lot of sense. But at the same time, maybe a 
a big jump. Do you find that your customers, when they get started, are they going right for the installs and replacements or are they starting with other services that they offer? Always. So yes. And we recommend, I can't draw this on the screen right now, but I'll try to do a visual. So imagine a triangle, like a, a normal triangle with the base at the bottom, a little smaller. Most contractors think about their business and think about their customer base on, you know, installation of systems, which they should, because that's the bulk of revenue, right? That for you as a marketer, that's what you're going after. You know, that's the bottom, that's the base. Uh, right above that, you've got kind of service and maintenance, right? These are the other things that fill the pipeline. This is the stuff that keeps your team busy. This gives you opportunities to turn, you know, broken systems into leads. And then at the very top of that, the smallest little section of the triangle would be like indoor air quality products and thermostats and accessories and memberships and those sort of things, right? And that is a good way to look at the business. Now, I want you to think about it flipped upside down. So the triangle, the point of the triangle is down at the bottom, right? The big part at the top is accessories, filters, IQ, service, club memberships. Here's why. The largest portion of your service area or the the total addressable market for those services is bigger than the one at the bottom. And then below that, in the smaller part of the section of the triangle, you've got things like, you know, service, repair, all that. And then the smallest part is uh, HVAC systems, water heaters, those sort of things, right? The the smallest percent of the total addressable market is in the market for those things. Now, I'm not saying you focus all your effort, energy, and marketing on system or on uh, IEQ and all those things at the top, but you have to look at it like a funnel. Like everyone in your market needs to replace their air filters. Could you be the source to have filters on demand for your customers in your market? And when your customers need a filter, they go to your website and they click ship now. And a filter shows up within one to two business days with the contractor's label on it. Sure, they sell it. They're selling a twelve pack for a hundred bucks. They're making twenty five or thirty five dollars gross margin. Like they're not going to retire on that. But now they've got that customer's information. That customer's in their system. They want to be selling the little things. Now, what that's also going to do is that's going to teach them the e commerce. Uh, muscle, right? How to do business online with a customer in a way that's a low barrier of entry. It's a low cost. And it teaches their customers that like, Hey, this contractor is easy to do business with. I literally pushed a button and they shipped filters to me next day and they showed up and they were great. And then I had a question and they responded to it. And then, then, you know, go a step further and start selling things like memberships and tune-ups and duct cleaning and all those things online. And then start offering quotes. Let your customers go further down the path. You'll find there's very a, a small percentage of the market that's a proactive buyer, right? As a contractor, you wish that everyone was sitting around thinking like, I really need to plan this replacement in the next 18 to 24 months, right? And if they are, they're going to hit the internet and that they're going to learn on their own without your help. Help them, help them learn, help them go through that process. Like let them co-create a system for their house on your website and then go out and sell them what they actually need, mm-hmm. right? It's not a bait and switch. It's like, let's condition them a little bit. And then, and then what a delight this is. What if, imagine you're a customer, uh, well, I'll put myself in this situation. So imagine I'm online and I'm tinkering with Teslas, right? And I keep saying, do I want self-driving? Do I want this? I'm looking at the monthly payment and I'm looking at the, all this sort of, and I do this over a quarter, you know, a couple of months. And then one day I get a call from the Tesla dealership that says, Hey, I noticed that over the last couple of months, you've been checking out the Teslas online. And I noticed that you, some days you'll have the self-driving and some days you take it away. And it's like a little bit, you know, we're running a special right now where we're including self-driving in that media model, right? because he needs to sell a car. And that is the experience we're trying to create for our, our contractors is like give their customers something to do on their website other than click a call tracking number and cost them 25 bucks and rent. 
Ah, that's fascinating. And I can see how not only is it a huge competitive advantage, but it can also help with your customer acquisition, help with getting more sales from the same customers. I mean, there's so many applications here. And on the very basic level, it's a conversion opportunity. So it's one more thing a customer can do when they land on the website to show intent of buying something. Mm. Like people don't casually shop for HVAC systems, which is generally a drawback. But when you do get them on your website and it says, get an instant quote right now, like people take action on that. We found that one in four users who engage with, you know, the online pricing tool for a contractor become an HVAC replacement lead or water heater lead. So if you're from a marketing perspective, if you're sending traffic to someone's site, this is a massive opportunity. Some marketing companies get it. Some are very intimidated by it because it's different. It's new. It's not in their wheelhouse. It's not within their kind of realm of control or influence. But the marketing agencies who have heard their customers ask for this to be built for years, they're loving this. They're like, oh, great. I don't have to put a developer. Like you can probably be in a situation where a customer is like, I want a customer to be able to do this and click that and do this. Like we've built all that. It's a plugin. It's super easy. And it's, it's embedded into the website and they're never navigating away from your customer, the contractor's URL. Like mm-hmm. it lives and breathes on the contractor's website and matches their color scheme and uses their brand voice and pretty awesome. I'm a fan. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And I guess like on that note, do you need a certain kind of website setup for this to be able to work? Like how does that technical without getting, you know, too far? Yeah, no, absolutely. So it generate most of our most customers who are coming to us are on WordPress because they've already invested in digital marketing. They've already like tried to crack the code on how to, you know, have a great website that converts traffic. Occasionally we'll get someone with Squarespace or Wix or, uh, you know, a smaller CMS and on some it works on some, uh, we don't recommend it, but primary uses is going to be for contractors on WordPress sites. Yeah, makes sense. So I am curious, Paul, like what have been some of the results that you've seen for your clients who have installed contractor commerce on their site? Yeah, I'll give you an example of someone out in Denver, Colorado. And um, this Reed Borton with Premier Air is going to be uh, an episode on my podcast in a couple weeks. You should listen to it. And it's all about the e-commerce as an and, not an or. So again, another another issue with contractors is they hear e-commerce and they think it's like, oh, well, I, I sell really well in the home. I don't need to sell online. It's you do you can do both without hurting one or the other. But the results for him have been great. You know, he gets three to four leads per day that are, you know, of people going completely through the process and becoming um, an actual HVAC system replacement lead. Um, so much so that he's hired an inside salesperson who only runs leads that come in through the website, come in through the online quoting. What's cool about this is the average ticket, I believe in this, don't quote me on this, but I believe it's $2,500 to $3,000 higher um, because what's happening is they're going through the process. They're, a lead is, is, is triggering the salesperson. The salesperson casually texts and reaches out. Oftentimes, we'll connect via Zoom where they've got a busy homeowner who wants to make a good decision, who doesn't want to go through the process of having a bunch of people out. They're buying... And, and again, it's the stereotypical like tech-centered, tech-forward customers who are basically doing the deal directly online. Then Premier is um, going out and measuring and they're sending their team out to make sure that they have what they need. They're sizing it, right? And then closing the job and going and doing the install. The impact for Premier, and I believe he mentions this on our, our podcast, he's spending less on digital marketing because he's converting more traffic. That's key. Our thought was that 
because his his results were so strong is that he was spending more on marketing to get more traffic, get more conversions. And it's quite the opposite. So the traditional salespeople there, they do their thing. And then the online sales guy, he does his thing and he's not stuck in traffic. Denver traffic is awful. Um, he's not stuck zigzagging all across town, gets three to four leads a day and builds a relationship with the customer. And then when it's time, they go out to the home and sign the deal. It's pretty awesome. Amazing. Yeah. And I can see how that would raise your average ticket as well, because the customer feels empowered, like they are more part of the process. They're driving the process and able to make their own decisions, which is really cool. Yeah. And there's this wave coming. I know everyone talks about millennials and zennials and, you know, TikTok and all these sort of things, but the behaviors of the next generation of consumers you know, like we or myself as I'll be 40 in a couple of weeks, like I live in a world where I didn't have a cell phone and I did business without an iPhone, which I can't even wrap my mind around the fact that I, when I was starting work, I could not check email during the day. Like I wear that as a badge of honor. That world doesn't exist for the newer generation. So if you ask, I mean, anytime I will ask someone who's 20 or below, like, Hey, how would you imagine you have your own condo or your own house and you're a grown up and you've got kids and how would you like if it was really hot in your house, because they're not even thinking about air conditioning. They don't even know what that giant thing is sitting outside, right? Right. And they shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Stay pure. If you ask them, like, what would that process be? One, it's this will be the first time they've ever thought about it, right? So that's step one. And and imagine that the next time they'll think about it is when they actually need it when they're 30 or whatever. But if you ask them, they'll describe a process that begins and ends online. Mm. They're not going to say like, well, I'd find a local contractor. No. And here's the other thing. They won't say, I'll Google it. This is something that I think contractors need to really, really listen to. They don't say Google it. Do you know what they say? What? Uh, Do you have children? I don't. Okay. Sorry. Was that too personal? Okay. Yeah, Um, you're fine. They'll say, search it up. They won't say Google it. Kids do not say, I'm going to Google that. I'm going to look at that. They say, I'm going to search it up. And here's the thing. When they search it up, they do not type. They only use voice. Mm. And... When they search it up using voice, they're looking within social media channels. They're going to TikTok and they're searching up content related to this on TikTok to get to, you know, they're trusting that TikTok is going to curate and refine the results. They're trusting search engines more than you and I do and more than other people do. So I say all that. This is not a um, ploy for TikTok. I personally roll my eyes at TikTok (laughs) as a core strategy, but I get it. I mean, it, it is where people get information. So I feel like our place here at Contractor Commerce, Will, myself, Lisa, Noah, Andrew, Phil, you know, the team here, we have a window of opportunity where you know the early adopters who get this are working it out right now and figuring out how to operationally become an online seller and an in-person seller. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a, come a time over the next three to five years where technology companies who are not contractors, who are not in this business, are going to get a lot of that traffic. They're going to get a lot of that consumer interest. And there are going to be a lot of contractors who have tough decisions to make about what do I do? Do I sign up for some, you know, co-op dealer program where so-and-so distributor sells it online through this tech company and I get a kickback? I mean, that world is coming. Yeah. Uh, You think about the industry from a macro level, $100 billion industry. You think about where the majority of revenue and margin is. And you think about just how money is made. You know, you've got manufacturers who are some are publicly traded companies, many of which are distributors who are publicly traded companies, international companies. You know, they see what's going on and they are not like sitting around the boardroom with their arms crossed saying, well, if Olive, my daughter, who's in seventh grade, if, you know, in 10 years from now, when she's ready to buy her first system, 
she'll just have to find a local contractor. They're thinking like, how do I make sure that when someone goes to TikTok and they want to buy an air conditioner, that they only buy a Daikin air conditioner and that we get maximum value out of that. And their shareholders are pressing on them to do that. It's serious. Like, you know, it's not something to take lightly. Like this is happening. And, and what will happen is, again, I'm, I'm kind of going off in <laughs> the weeds here, but what will happen is, is one manufacturer will put their toe in the water and say, you know what, we're going to start this dealer direct program and it's going to be amazing. And we're going to run ads and we're going to sell through, you know, these three websites, it might be Lowe's, it might be Home Depot, it might be some random tech company, and you're going to get all these leads and you're going to get all this and you're going to you know, be able to stay busy year round. And then next thing you know, you know, the margin that that is so well loved by contractors is going to decrease, decrease, decrease. Mm. And I am talking about every other, like, this is how industries work. This is not unique to HVAC. It's not targeted at HVAC. It is what happens when you give technology to consumers and consumers want things to be easy. Wow. Sorry. I, I dumped a lot on you there. No, I think this is fascinating. And it's so true. I mean, that e-commerce isn't going away. Technology isn't going away. This is only going to be more and more prevalent in this industry. And the companies that take advantage early are going to reap the rewards and the people that wait may end up being too late and have bigger problems. So exactly. Yeah, I, I think this has been super eye opening. And I know anybody listening is probably reconsidering how they operate their business. So I'm sure our listeners are going to want to learn more about you and contractor commerce. So what's the best way that they can connect with you? I would be, if I said any other way than just go to my website and you'll learn everything, I would be naive or, or be, you know, um, not a man of our word, whatever. But anyways, go to contractorcommerce.com, read all about it, request a demo or click learn more. You'll connect with an expert on my team who can take a look at what you've got going on in your market, look at the, the available opportunity and help you put a plan together. I will say that I, you know, as I talked through all of this, you know, there can be a sense of kind of doom and gloom, like this is happening and there's nothing we can do about it. That is true. But there's a little bit of time, like we're in a spot where contractors can actually take control of this. And right now we are the ones helping them do it. Like it's a couple hundred dollars a month to launch an online store on your existing website to convert your existing traffic even better than it gets a no brainer. We are putting all of our eggs in the basket for early adopters who want to get in and do something about this because this is, you know, my, you know, the other folks who work here at Contractor Commerce, like this is our life's work. We've, you know, believed in this for a long period of time and now we're making it available to contractors. So I guess the main thing that you should hear there is like this is e contractor commerce is e-commerce for contractors, not for distributors, not for manufacturers, not for ourselves. Like we give you the tools to be able to do it and we sit back and you know, help you be successful. So contractorcommerce.com, learn more, uh, LinkedIn, Contractor Commerce, Facebook, Contractor Commerce. I'm saying the name too many times. Look up me, Paul Redmond somewhere, text, DM, um, the Change Your Filter podcast. Listen to that. Yes. Um, after you've listened to all of yours, of course. But thank you for thank you for the opportunity. Amazing. Thank you, Paul. Really appreciate you being on Beyond the Tools and can't wait to get this out there. Yeah. Thank you so much. Great job. This episode, like all episodes, is brought to you by Contractor Commerce, plug and play online stores for contractors. We see a future where every contractor has an online store.